Fireflies Unite with Kia, your weekly podcast from the perspective of individuals thriving with a mental illness. We are normalizing the conversation about mental health within communities of color to foster mental wellness and empowerment. Monday Fireflies. I pray that everyone is doing well and that you had a awesome weekend. I had a great weekend. I spoke on Friday at the Menden Women's Conference in Delaware, Wilmington, Delaware. And on Saturday, I was a panelist for the Still I Rise, their one year anniversary. And it was truly, truly a great time. I'm so grateful for all of the speaking opportunities that I've been blessed with and I just pray that people are being inspired by my story. I hope that someone is encouraged to get the mental health treatment that they need so they no longer have to suffer in silence. And when people reach out to me and tell me that they want to share their story or they say that they went to therapy or that they saw a psychiatrist and they found the right medication that's working for them, those things make me really, really happy just because I know what it was like to suffer in silence. I know what it was like to feel like no one understood or felt like there was something wrong with me or it was like a character flaw or I know, I just remember what that time was like for me. And so when people reach out and tell me those things, I get so excited because that's one less person who's suffering in silence. That's one less person who's taking control over their mental health and working toward healing. So thank you all so much for the the tweets and adding me in your Instagram stories and commenting under my pictures and um, sharing things on Facebook. Just know I really, really appreciate it because we are truly bringing light into darkness, just like the fireflies. And so, of course, you all, I just want to welcome you to the podcast. You know that our mission is to bring light into darkness, just like the fireflies, by sharing the stories of those thriving with the mental illness. And so today we're going to talk about something that's very common, anxiety, but we're going to talk about it, experiencing anxiety versus having an anxiety disorder, because a lot of times we get them confused. And I think for someone, I'm going to speak for myself and I know other people who have an anxiety disorder, people tend to lump them all together and it kind of makes it seem as though someone with an anxiety disorder, um, Like, oh, it's not that bad. I experience anxiety too. While anxiety is certainly a natural or a normal emotion that we all experience, it's not the same as having a disorder. Because I think that it's important so that if someone maybe think think that they may have an anxiety disorder, that they know where to go or they know how to recognize the signs. So we're going to talk about normal anxiety versus generalized anxiety disorder. Again, like I said, many people feel anxious from time to time, you know, especially during times of stress. So you may experience anxiety if you're preparing for a test or you have a really big interview coming up and you really want this job or you are getting ready to speak in front of a large crowd. It's certainly natural to experience emotion. But the problem is a person with generalized anxiety disorder it prohibits them from functioning in their day-to-day. So what do I mean by that? People with generalized anxiety disorders, also referred to GAD, 
It is persistent worrying or obsession with small or large concerns that's out of portion to the impact of the event. So what do I mean by that? They may worry more than the actual situation's warrants. So in most cases, we know that anxiety improves with psychotherapy, also known as talk therapy, and um, and medication. And so here are some symptoms of having generalized anxiety disorder. You're restless and you're feeling keyed up or on edge all all the time. You're carrying every option in a situation all the way out to its possible negative conclusion. And you have a difficulty handling uncertainty or you're indecisive. Also, it shows up in physical signs. So you may feel very fatigued. You may feel irritable, um, muscle tension or muscle aches, uh, trembling, feeling twitchy. Uh, You're also being easily startled. You have a trouble sleeping, sweating, diarrhea or irritable bowel syndrome, nausea and even headaches. And so when you experience anxiety, like I said, especially for me, I'm going to speak in terms of myself. So I often talk about on the podcast how my I learned that my anxiety derived from watching my mom be in an abusive relationship. And so in that situation, I didn't have a lot of control. So what that meant was I tend to worry about every single thing. It wasn't just about school or grades. It was literally the smallest things like, oh, my God, what am I going to wear to the point where the worrying became so bad that I would it would literally have me paralyzed in my bed to the point where I would not do anything because my mind was going so much that the ability to get a tax done was basically impossible because I could not shut my brain down. And so that's typically what having generalized anxiety disorder can look like for some people. Like they can't control their worry. So like most people, when they experience anxiety, they they can't control it. Like they know how to, um, they know how it, it subsides. They know how to control it. They know how to let it pass. They have the the right strategies into place to help them relax. That's what most people or some, or I'm not going to say most, but some people they're able to do because uh, making lifestyle changes and learning uh, coping skills and using relaxation techniques can really help with an anxiety disorder. And so, yeah, so a generalized anxiety disorder, like I said, it prohibits you from functioning. So it disrupts social activities and interferes with work, school, or family. Like, again, like I said, it goes back to there has to be a disruption or interference with your day-to-day activities. That's when you are, you should definitely want to see uh, seek professional help if you are experiencing to the point where your anxiety is stopping you from being able to function. Because I know I, t- I used to get really upset when people would say like, oh, I experience anxiety too, just because it would like diminish or minimize what I was feeling at the time. Um, I know as humans or as people, sometimes we we like to have some type of a connection or you want the person to know that like I I can relate to you. I understand what you're going through. And while that can be helpful in some cases, it's not helpful all the times because when a person is expressing what they're going through and you a person comes in and say like, oh, I've been through that, too. It just from at least for me and other people who've experienced mental illness, they say it makes them feel like. 
it's the like their anxiety or or their mental illnesses in the same is the same when it's not really the same it varies from person to person and so one of the things I actually wanted to talk about I wrote an article and and I wrote seven things people with generalized anxiety disorder wish others would stop saying and so, again, like I said, generalized anxiety disorder is characterized by excessive, persistent, and unrealistic worries. It's caused by genetics and brain chemistry and even personality. In fact, like I said, so many people experience it. 40 million people in the United, in the United States are impacted by an anxiety disorder. And that's according to the Anxiety and Depression Association of America. And as someone, like I said, who experienced with uh, experience it, here are things that... We really wish you should stop saying. And this is a piece that I wrote on the Mighty and so many people commented under it and they said they can relate. So some of the things is stop thinking about it. I will always say, don't you think if it was that easy, I would not think about it. It may be easy for you, but as a person who experienced generalized anxiety disorder, I have to practice coping strategies I've learned in therapy. And sometimes I can't even do that. So really telling me or someone who experienced an anxiety disorder is to not worry about it. It just simply does not cut it. So instead, try asking me things like, would you be interested in going for a walk? Is there anything I can do to help you uh, with processing? Because sometimes anxiety could be triggered by what's going on in your life, or sometimes anxiety can just happen out of the blue. It doesn't have to have a life event or situation to trigger it. Another thing that I really hope that people would stop saying is everybody feels anxious. Yes, everyone feels anxious, just like I said at the beginning of the episode, and it's completely natural. You know, anxiety even pushes up to get things done. But when your anxiety stops you from being able to function, that's a problem. So please do not compare your anxiety versus someone else's anxiety because it is different. And while one person may be just experiencing normal anxiety, the other person may have an anxiety disorder. Instead, just try acknowledging what the person is going through and say something like, uh, I see this is really hard for you. Would you like to talk about it if something is triggering it? Uh, Another thing people would say is like, oh, I'm stressed too. And that's, you know, like, again, that goes back to saying not to discredit anyone's stress, but you are discrediting someone else's when you say things like me too. I think it just takes away and it pulls the attention away from what that person is going through. You know, and what you do not understand is that people who have generalized anxiety disorder, we have a very hard time controlling our thoughts. And whether you realize it or not, no matter how small it may seem to the person, our anxiety, since it's a disorder, it tends to maximize everything. So instead, try offering some words of encouragement. Or I know how you feel. And again, that's something, again, unless you have generalized anxiety disorder, you don't know how a person um, with that disorder feels or you can't really relate. So really don't say that if you don't have a disorder. Um, Just really trying to offer, again, some words of encouragement. You can say things like, "I uh, I don't understand exactly how you feel, but would you be willing to help me understand? Because that opens the conversation and it provides them with some some comfort as if you really care and you're not automatically knocking down what the person is experiencing by saying, I know what you're going through. 
or say things like you need to calm down. You know, when people suffer from generalized anxiety disorder, there are times when, you know, my anxiety is through the roof and it takes a lot. It takes time for me to calm down. Like I said, it's like a three ring circus going on in my head. And that advice is like telling one, telling someone who is sick to stop coughing. So if you're saying you need to calm down, you need to stop worrying about it. That's really like telling someone who is sick to stop coughing because they they simply can't. It's especially if they haven't even been in treatment. They don't even have the tools to do that. So saying that will trigger them and it could make potentially make their anxiety worse. Instead, say something like, is there anything I can do to help you? Or people tell me this all the time, like, you're doing way too much. Translation, you're being dramatic. Yes, I know I can be dramatic. And, you know, thank you for your wonderful words of comfort. Um, and I, we people with generalized anxiety disorder, they know that their thoughts can be irrational at times, but that's just the makeup of their brain. So can you imagine having a thousand tabs on your computer open? And you cannot stop new tabs from opening. Well, almost that's pretty much how it feels to have generalized anxiety disorder because it's literally like having a virus on your computer and all these things are popping up and you can't close them. So just because our disorder is invisible, it does not mean that it's not real. So instead, you can ask what methods I use to ease anxiety, like breathing methods or yogurt and remind me what has worked in the past that will those things like that help people or saying things like you worry too much yeah y'all we know we worry too much but if you haven't figured it out by now we can't control it so telling someone who has an, an anxiety disorder that they worry too much does not help you know we are already worrying uh, potentially about 50 things prior to your as I put in the article your unnecessary statement and now we're worrying about worrying. And so instead, it's okay to say something like, it's it's okay to feel this way. I know your anxiety can be difficult, but I'm here for, for you. And a lot of people had a lot to say on that article. I, it was shared over 50,000 times because so many people could relate it. People tend to get very frustrated when someone tells them, uh, to stop worrying because it's really not that easy. And like I said, for me, I take medication for my anxiety disorder. And like I said, I have literally always been worked up and on edge since I was about 13 or 14. I literally did not uh, feel leveled or like balanced until two years ago when I was forced into the hospital and I was able to get the treatment that I needed. And I took the medicine that uh, my psychiatrist gave me and literally within a couple of hours, I was like, oh, this how it feels to be like mellowed out. Like I always say that I said, mentioned that before in the podcast, like I did not know how it felt to be like to how it felt not to be on edge because that was my normal that. I just thought that that was how everybody functioned, but I felt the difference as soon as the medication started working in my system. And so that that is truly what helps me. Um, deep breathing does help, uh, but sometimes I would get to the point where deep breathing, it may be too late for it to work because my mind is so worked up. And sometimes 
I have chest pains to the point where I feel like I'm going to have a heart attack. Um, there were times where I was at work and I literally could not function. I would sit at work for eight hours all day and I would not do anything because my anxiety was that debilitating. It was that debilitating. I could not do a thing. I literally just like stood at the screen for eight hours. Like I'm not even joking. And I also, in that time, I remember being at work one time and my chest hurting so bad. Like it hurt so bad to the point where I I think I left work at that time. And so I just want to encourage us to be really mindful about that. And if you think you may have an anxiety disorder, I encourage you to go to therapy. And some people, again, you may need medication. It's nothing wrong with that because it can certainly help. And so with so there are five major types of anxiety disorders. Again, of course, we talked about generalized anxiety disorder. Um, obsessive compulsive disorder is an anxiety disorder and is characterized by recurrent unwanted thoughts or obsessions and repetitive behaviors and such as hand washing or counting, checking or cleaning and are often performed with the hope of preventing obsessive thoughts or making them go away. So performing these, you know, their their so-called rituals, however, only provides temporary relief and not performing them um, increases your anxiety. So for instance, someone who may, let's say, they feel as though they have to go back, they may know that they turn off the stove. They were cooking, they turned off the stove, and they leave the house. And even knowing that they turned the stove off, they have to go back and check the stove six more times before they actually leave out the house. And if they don't do it, their whole day is ruined. That's just only one example. Or they may feel as though that there there's always germs on their hands or there's germs on everything that they touch. So they wash their hands 500 times a day. Like, those are things that people with obsessive compulsive disorder may deal with, also known as OCD. Panic disorder is also an anxiety disorder and is characterized by unexpected and repeated episodes of intense fear accompanied by physical symptoms that may include chest pains, heart palpitations, shortness of breath, dizziness, or abdominal distress. And I know people who experience that and it is no joke. It literally feels like you're about to have a heart attack. And I had a very, I know some people would can't drive. There were times where I felt like, a, uh, you know, I was about to have a panic attack and my chest felt like I was short of breath and it's just not a good experience. Uh, there's also post-traumatic stress disorder and it can be developed after exposure to a terrifying event or um, ordeal in which uh physical harm occurred or was threatened, and traumatic events that may trigger PTSD inc could include uh, personal assaults, uh, natural or human-caused disasters, accidents, or middle military combat. And so that's PTSD. So any type of maybe someone who was raped and they anytime they walk past, let's say, a bridge where the rape happened, um, they may start to experience symptoms or uh, post-traumatic stress disorder. Um, also, social phobia or social anxiety and 
that can be really overwhelming. It's excessive self-conscious in everyday social situations. So a social phobia can be limited to only one situation, such as fear of speaking in formal or informal situations or eating or drinking in front of others, or in most severe form may be so broad that a person experiences symptoms almost any time they are around people. And so those are things that I just wanted to talk about because we tend to throw anxiety, the word around all the time. And I don't want to, I never want to be in a, a position where I myself uh, diminish or minimize what someone else is going through. Uh, because I know how it feels when people do that to me. And I literally hate it. Like I hate when someone uh, comes to me and they'll say like, or maybe I shouldn't say hate because that's such a strong word, but I strongly dislike when people, um, it's when people who don't have an anxiety disorder and they'll say like, Oh, I know how you feel too. And so for this week's therapist shout out, it goes to Irene Summers and she's based in Rapid City, South Dakota. And she specializes in multicultural counseling for racial identity and LGBTQIA issues. So if you are in the Rapid City, South Dakota area, and you're looking for a counselor who specializes in racial identity and LGBTQIA issues, feel free to check her out and let her know that Kia of the Fireflies Unite podcast sent you over. I'll be sure to leave Irene's information in the show notes so that you can access it and refer back to it. As usual, don't forget to send your therapist shout out and journal entry segments to podcast at fireflyesunite.com. Again, that's podcast at fireflyesunite.com. With the rapid growth of science and technology, amazing resources are being created for those struggling with their mental health. So for this week's Mind, Body, and Soulness segment, I have the pleasure of speaking with the founders of the Not OK app, Hannah and Chris. For those who have not heard about the OK app, it's the app that you need to download, especially if you have a mental illness or you're struggling emotionally. If you are depressed or lonely, you're stressed, you're feeling anxious and just simply struggling with your mental health, all you have to do is press the big red button and help is on the way. So I want to welcome Hannah and Charlie to the Fireflies Unite podcast, where the mission is to always bring light into darkness by sharing the stories of those thriving with the mental illness and communities of color. So Hannah, I know that you struggled with depression and anxiety and self-harm and that you were diagnosed with POTS. And for people on the podcast who may not heard of it, it is one of the many different disorders of the um, autonomic nervous system. And it impacts your heart rate, uh, breathing, ability to maintain proper blood pressure, your digestion, sleep cycles, and blood pressure. And it uh, can cause you to faint. And so I you know, really wanted to thank you both for just creating this app to support those struggling mentally and emotionally. You know, I really wish that there was something like that when I was a kid because I often felt alone. Um, I felt like no one understood me. I was scared to come out and say anything that I was thinking about harming myself. And so I want, you know, if you can just tell the listeners, one, how old are you, uh, Hannah and Charlie? And by the way, they're both brother and sister. Well, I'm Hannah and I'm 16. And I'm Charlie and I'm 13. Awesome. And so Hannah, can you talk about your mental health journey? So your struggles that you've had with depression and anxiety and self-harm? Um. So as you know, 
um, I was diagnosed with the condition called POTS. But before that, I started fainting and I didn't know what was going on. So, and it just became problematic. I started fainting over and over again. And in that school, I was that kid, <laughs> that kid who could never really do anything normal, never really hang out when they wanted to or ever really. Um, that kid who was never at school, who teachers thought were always skipping because I was always out there. And when I finally got a diagnosis of pot, um, it just got worse from there on out, I started thinking more and more often and people started talking about me and I just became afraid because some kids even threatened me. If they would find me passed out, they would harm me. And that scared me because what if I passed out and nobody was around? What if I passed out around people like them? And that fear made me spiral into a really bad depression. And I isolated myself more and more. And I became really fake with my friends who I've known for a long time. And we used to be really close, but I started isolating myself and becoming really fake because I didn't want them to know that I was struggling with issues. Because you see everybody on Instagram and Snapchat and Twitter, and they look so perfect, but you don't see what's really going on inside their lives and their heads. So it just got really bad, and um, I started cutting myself because I couldn't love myself first. So it turned into a really bad stage of um, self-hatred and I started cutting and I even tried to kill myself a couple times. It's weird to say out loud, honestly, but um, one of, or my specialist, he suggested that I go to therapy to help me cope with everything because stress is also a factor that makes me pass out more often. It's kind of a trigger. So my POT specialist, he suggested that I go see a therapist. And when I finally started seeing a therapist, you know, to be honest, the first session when she started asking me questions and stuff, I'm not going to lie, I was being so passive aggressive to her. <laughs> I'm like, okay, you really want to know what's going on? Fine, here it is. You're not going to be able to fix it. But in doing that, talking through with somebody helped me be like, okay, I can do this and kind of come to grips with myself in reality. And so I started going to therapy more often and I got my head right. And now through that, and I learned to be honest with my friends, so now I'm not that one fake friend anymore. So, and in becoming more honest with my friends and my peers around me, I've learned that a lot of my peers and friends suffer with depression and they also cut and that's why they're they're the kids wearing long sleeve shirts in the summer to cover up their scars and stuff. And a lot of kids go through all this, but they don't want to reach out and talk to somebody because of the social stigma. So that Mm -hmm. was also um, a big reason in creating that. Wow. I'm like just so amazed at your strength, at your courage, and just simply being brave. Because I know that it's really hard. And I suffered for so long. So I started around like, I would say maybe like 13 or 14 when I started having these Mm -hmm. thoughts. And I didn't get help until 25. So that's 11 years of struggling and not saying anything to anyone and just feeling like things were bottled up. And I literally felt like on the inside that I was, I was already dead. So I was like, well, if I feel this way on the inside, then I might as well match the outs. The inside should, you know, the outside should match the inside. And so it is, you know, mental illness, especially when it comes to, you know, depression, anxiety, those are two of the most common mental illnesses that people battle. Mm -hmm. 
and we feel like we can't talk about it. We feel like um, something is wrong with us. And even going to what you were saying about on social media, for a very long time, I would actually not get on social media because it was so triggering for me to see people being all happy and acting like everything is okay. And then I was already uh, dealing with my depressive episode. And so if I wasn't mm-hmm. feeling good about myself, it was hard for me to look at anyone actually being happy. But then what I had to realize is that social media is filtered. You know, most people are showing the highlights of their life. Um, They're only showing the good parts. And if they yeah. are struggling, if they are struggling nine times out of 10, they're not really going to say, um, I'm depressed and I'm struggling with self-harm because you have to hold up a facade as if everything is okay, yeah. even if things aren't. And so with you just being so young, I'm like, oh my gosh, I wish I had that, you know, I was that brave. And you said that's what led you to coming up with the app. So we're like, where did uh, Hannah or and Charlie both can answer? So when, so I know that's like how you came up with the app, but like, where did the idea like come from? And like, why did you think it was important to actually create the Not Okay app? Well, um, my mom, she walked in on, on me um, self-harming one night. And so she started holding me and she was at a loss for words because she didn't know what was going on with me. I guess when I really think about it, I I didn't know either. And um, so she was holding me and we were both in tears crying. And that was the moment everything just kind of popped. It's like um, a Coke bottle that you shake up and open and all the emotions and all my thoughts were just spilling out in that one instant. And in my sobs, I'm like, I started telling my mom all the what ifs, what if I pass out and nobody's around, what if I pass out and people take advantage of me because that was around the time of um, the kid at Stanford who was at Stanford and um, he got away with raping a girl and he only got like a month of probation, I think. And that just terrified me because I'm like, if somebody does that to me when I'm passed out, they're not going to get, I mean, they're just going to get away with it. and I'm going to have to suffer the consequences. And so that that just terrified me. So I'm like, Mom, I wish there was an app that I can use if I can feel if I feel dizzy. So I could just open up my phone, press a button, and it'll send out a notification to my three to five closest friends or users with a message saying, Hey, I'm not okay. Come find me with my exact GPS location so that they know to immediately come and find me. Wow. So I said, I know Charlie is, you you know, you're known as also known as tech support. Can you tell the listeners on the podcast how to work the app? So the app basically just works by you creating an account on literally any device that you have, as long as it has like Google Play or Apple on it. And then you pay for the subscription. While you're signing up, you put in your phone number. And and then after you sign in, you add your contacts, your three to five trusted contacts, make sure that they actually say, yes, I can be your trusted contact, and then really simple. And then if you have a, a, a moment where you're not feeling well, you just press the button and it'll automatically alert the three to five contacts? Yes. All you have to do is open up the app and then press the button. Awesome. Awesome. And so... You came up with the way that the app was designed and the way that w- that it would work. Was that your um, tech genius? <laughs> no. <laughs> Hannah, 
really came up with the way that basically how it would work, like with the three to five closest contacts. She came up with basically most of the ideas for the app because she likes to say that it's her baby. Like it's her. <laughs> so I know, but I know that you also, you both have, uh, also have a company named Bug and Bee. Can you talk about what Bug and Bee does and what it is? Well, um, Bug and Bee is basically just a development company right now. Because okay. Not Okay app is our first app. And we hope to launch many more apps in the future. Oh, I have no doubt about that. I already know that you will. I, I'm excited to see all that you will accomplish and what do you enjoy doing for fun when you're not working on your business, Bug and Bee, and not the not the Not Okay app? What do you enjoy doing for fun? I mean, I guess when I'm not working on that, I'm just a regular high school kid. I like playing sports, and homework is a big part of it, whether I like doing it or not, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> but um, <laughs> I guess homework, um, school, and volleyball. <laughs> That's that's your life right now. <laughs> and what about you, uh, Charlie? What do you enjoy doing for fun when you're not working on the business? Well, when I'm not working on my business, I like writing music and singing and karate. And I just tried out for the track team. Didn't make it, sadly. But <laughs> and basically just all of that. I am a normal person, I think. <laughs> yes. That's convincing. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I think that it's great. It just shows that you're that you both are really well rounded. Um, in addition to being, you know, entrepreneurs, you're also students. You're, you know, do regular things just like you know, kids. Um, and what do you uh, want to be when you when you grow up? An aerospace physicist. Well, you have to tell me what you have to tell me what that is because I have absolutely no idea. <laughs> An aerospace physicist is basically the person who designs and builds the rockets to go into space. Mm, that is so awesome. And I'm so excited because <laughs> because I can say that I talked to you way before it even happened. So, like, when you're <laughs> all famous and, you know, building the rockets and, you know, you're getting all this media and people are talking about you. I can say I met you or not officially met you. I'm going to say, yeah, I talked to him way before that even happened. So I'm glad that I'm talking to you before you're like, before you like really blow up. So <laughs> I have to make sure I get your autograph because it may be worth a lot of money later. So I'll make sure that I <laughs> find some way to work that out. <laughs> and what about you, Hannah? What do you want to be when you grow up? Oh, gosh. Um <laughs> People are starting to ask me that question a lot. Because um, <laughs> you're 16 and you're getting close to graduating <laughs> soon. <laughs> yeah. Um, oh, gosh. Okay. Um, are you still trying to figure to it out? Honest, I'm not really sure. I think I'm definitely, definitely going to be an entrepreneur. Yeah. And um, hopefully somebody that really inspires change and the social system and the problems that we see in our social system today that we can change them so yeah I definitely so want to be somebody of importance that inspires the change that we need to go on yes so what I hear from that I hear activists um you already said the word entrepreneur so those are two things and you just said I don't know but you actually do know <laughs> so I think that's amazing. Entrepreneurship is truly just taking over more and more people of color. The entrepreneurship 
rate is just really growing rapidly, especially mm-hmm. for uh, women of color, black women who, you know, yeah. we're the ones actually behind it and starting businesses. And so I'm, you know, in the infancy stages of, you know, developing and growing my business. And it's something that I always wanted to do for a very long time. And so I'm just seeing there's even like an entrepreneur who, um, I don't know, her name is uh, Gabrielle. And she started a jewelry company and is doing so many amazing things. And I think she started when she was eight. And it just goes to show you that age, um, and she may be, she's 16 now, but she's doing some amazing things. She's done a TED talk and everything. And it just goes to show you that, you know, you can really do anything that you put your mind to. You don't necessarily have to wait until you're a quote unquote grown up, that if there's something that you want to do now with the power of science and technology and just having everything at our fingertips is so possible um, to do that. So what's next? Do you guys have anything coming up? What's next for Hannah and Charlie? Do you have any events coming up or anything that you would like to share? Um, well, next week is the Power Rising Summit. Um, I'm going to be a featured speaker there. I'm so excited. <laughs> My first speaking gig. And um, it's it's a conference for um, tool towers, black women in, in different areas. So I'm really excited about that. <laughs> Congratulations. I know, you will, I know you'll have much more speaking engagements. That's just one of many. Thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. Thank you so much. <laughs> and what about you, Charlie? Oh, God, what's next? <laughs> Uh, basically we're just going to try to expand to more and more languages for the app and i'm actually working on another app right now i can't tell you what it's about not even my mom knows what it's about that's awesome that's okay you don't have to give all the goodies away right now you can just say you have an app coming out that people need to that they need to look out for it so you'll you know be keeping them updated on all that and I just want to thank you both. And before we, you know, close out the interview, I just, you know, again, want to thank you for taking time out of your day to join me on the Fireflies Unite podcast. And if you can share the Not Okay app, the website and the social media, so everyone knows where to find the app or if they want to learn more mm-hmm. about you and your company. Thank you for having us. And the social oh, media. The website is www.notokapp.com Okay, so everyone needs to make sure that they go to www.notokapp.com and follow the Not Okay app on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. That wraps up another episode of the Fireflies Unite podcast with me, Kia. Thank you for listening. I hope that you all got some great information from this episode on anxiety and that it allows all of us to be mindful about the things we say and the things we do. I know it can be really challenging because sometimes when you're dealing with people who have mental illness, it's almost like the people around them have to walk on eggshells, which can be very frustrating and very frustrating, but then also you want to help someone, but then you don't want to say the wrong thing. And so I think by having these conversations, we will be not only more mindful, but if we ourselves are experiencing some type of mental illness or anxiety, we know where we can go to get the treatment. Um, and that we can just start simply having these conversations at home. I think that was the biggest thing for me. Like when I had my This Is My Brave show, it was great that my family came down to see that because it opened up the conversation. We were all just sitting around in the living room talking about mental illness. And 
so many people so many people in my family they was able to say how they could relate to almost every person on stage regardless of their age or their race and that's important for us to see that mental illness impacts us all whether you have a mental illness or not and even if you don't have one you know someone I'm pretty sure who's impacted by it and so everything truly impacts our mental health and it's just really important that we do the things to keep ourselves balanced whether that's exercise, whether that's having a well-balanced diet, whether it's taking baths, whether it's removing negative people from your life, doing whatever you need to do to make sure that you are mentally, emotionally, and spiritually healthy because the things that impact our mental health, as we have learned on previous uh, episodes of the podcast, that it can also manifest physically when you don't take care of what's going on mentally. And as always, y'all know what I'm sending y'all, positive vibes, you have a blessed week and I will talk to you all next week. I hope that you obtain tools and resources from the Fireflies Unite podcast to help you manage your mental health. But please do not use it as a substitute for a relationship with a licensed therapist or psychiatrist. Let's continue the conversation by following me on Fireflies Pod on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram.